welcome out to episode 292 of the good, the bad, and the geeky. I'm your host of the most, the most of what? The most of Ecto Cooler. That's right, I'm drinking Ecto Cooler right now as I record this. So this week is going to be another great episode where we're going to review a movie, maybe talk about some other things, uh, we as in me and you. You get to sit back and listen and just make weird comments in your car, wherever you listen to it, going, well, that's stupid. Why you say stupid things, Nick? And I'll be like, I don't know. I, I don't know. So anyway... This episode is, uh, we have a lot of great things to just tell you about before the show begins. Um, the first one being that the guy who does our uh, our opening, Hide Your Tigers, has a new album. So go to hideyourtigers.bandcamp.com. Check it out. It's really awesome. Uh, I've, as a matter of fact, if you want, uh, seven tracks of chiptune music composed with LSDJ on a Nintendo Game Boy. Pretty sweet. Please check it out. Though, you know. Um, Cheyenne is a really cool guy. He uh, allowed us for free to use the Hydra uh, Tiger song. Um, I think it was. A, I think it's a demo. Uh, it was a demo for something he was working on, and he let me listen to. It. I was like, "Dude, I love that. Can I? Can we please use that as the just call it the good, the bad, and the geeky?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." So, um, so please uh, shoot some love his way. He's a pretty cool guy. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. So, on top of that. What we also offer is uh, some wonderful things with our peeps at Packrat Comics. Go to packratcomics.com for all your comic books, t-shirts, board games, pretty much all your geeky needs. You go there. Those guys are amazing. It's owned by uh, Jamie and Teresa and their kids. Also, they have a great team in there like Austin and Nevi who bend over backwards to make sure that they help you guys out and really get things cooking. So... Um, again, packratcomics.com. You can also throw some uh, love our way by going to audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky. Over 200,000 titles, you guys, to choose from. I personally really love Born, uh, Born Standing Up by Steve Martin. It's really great. So you get an audiobook, a 14-day free trial to kind of scope out and see what it's all about. So please check us out. And every time you do that, a little scratch goes our way. Yeah, a little scratch on the side, you see. Yeah. Help pay for the web hosting. Wah, wah. Audibletrial.com forward slash goodbadgeeky, see. Yeah. Apparently I'm a 1930s gangster, see. Yeah, yeah. Also, check out uteamandt.com, which is ironic because we actually talk about some of that stuff, uh, turtle stuff, in today's episode. So uteamandt, Ultimate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, is what it stands for. It's a free online-based webcomic for those who might want to see the end of issue two faster, sooner than later. Um, stay tuned to that website. We'll be hosting news about a crowdfunding venture here coming up soon. And last but not least, my boy, my buddy, my best friend in the world, James Jerome Wetzel Daily, his podcast, It's All Been Done Radio Hour. Go to itsallbeendoneradiohour.com. And let's just say, Captain Kake fully supports this message. If you don't know who Captain Kake is, well, you know what? Just head on over and check it out. It's pretty sweet. Um, Jimmy busts his ass day in and day out on that show. Um, and, you know, Nathan and I are in the show as well. Um, Nathan plays Daniel Kravitz. I play, uh, D- or I play DJ Meat. <laughs> No one can play DJ Meat. Um, 
that's like a thankless and unthankful task. Um, but uh, he plays Daniel Kravitz. I play Captain Kake. And there's a whole cast of wonderful actors. As a matter of fact, if you listen to Why Not Green, I've siphoned those guys uh, from Jimmy's show because his show is so good and the talent over there is so amazing. Jimmy has cultivated a wonderful group, um, a wonderful set of people. And, of course, Jimmy's writing is just is so good. So please go to itsallbeenunreadyhour.com for information on how you can listen to past episodes, subscribe so you can get new episodes, and find out how, if you want to see the show live, how you can at Mad Lab. Or, or my new favorite is you can check out, um, I don't know where I was going with this, I apologize, but you can check out some a lot of other cool stuff too. So it's all been done radiohour.com. Oh, Dirty Story Night. You can check out Dirty Story Night. You can uh, listen to past episodes, download new ones. You can subscribe uh, to the newsletter if, you, if you're into that kind of thing, which is actually pretty cool. The mailing list, it tells you Jimmy posts out usually information like once a week or so um, with tons of great news information and all other kinds of fun stuff. So before I begin, uh, I want to apologize in advance. For some reason, my board went into this weird freaking mode where it started going on echo so the board recorded it with an echo so it's not a filter that i added it doesn't sound horrible it sounds kind of a little jarring at first but um i apologize uh for that but rest be assured my peeps that um we're still getting used to the bugs of recording in the studio it's kind of like you have to kind of relearn stuff all over again and so i apologize for that but it's a really, I, I, I feel it's a really nice in-depth review of Team and T Out of the Shadows. So here it is. Episode 292, Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Enjoy. What a wonderful day it is. <laughs> this is recorded on her date. And uh, my fiance and I saw TMNT Out of the Shadows, or Ninja Turtles, uh, for those uh, who aren't hip to the lingo, as we like to say. I, by the way, I remember the first time I heard someone call the turtles TMNT. And it really threw me off. Because people just said, oh, the Ninja Turtles. Um, but then I realized that Kevin and Peter, back in the old days, excuse me, would call them the TMNT, and that just like blew my mind, man. And I, I don't know why. I don't remember. I, I think it was by the time I was, it was way after. I think I bought an issue. I know it's when Volume Four came out. I had never called them that before, um, even in the message boards and something. Everyone else would call them that, but I, uh, I didn't really like. I thought it was like a weird internet-only thing until, you know, I read old books 
and Kevin and Peter talking about the team and T are doing this and that. I'm like, oh, wow, cool. I, why? Okay. I mean, it's so weird. But um, before I go into in, Out of the Shadows, I just want you to know that if you hear me drinking, I apologize, but um, I have Ecto Cooler right now in my hand and a... Right now in my belly. It's very good. I don't remember it being as tangy as it tastes, so my nostalgia is a little off. But, um, but, but here's the thing, though. Out of all the Heisey drinks, this is my second favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, I really... It, I, here's the thing. My nostalgia of it is, is that I just remember I would drink it all the time. Um, if I would get juice, this is the juice I would get. So, I mean, I love this. This is great. And you got to remember, too, they had Ecto Cooler, Jesus, for in stores way after Ghostbusters was really even a thing. I mean, look, it's a thing to us, and I think everyone now loves the shit out of those movies. But um, it's a very weird thing because in 2002, I remember in 1999, you know, I love Ghostbusters, Godzilla, Ninja Turtles, Roger Rabbit, Rocky Boinkle, all that stuff. No one gave a shit about the Ghostbusters. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, it's a good movie. and But they wouldn't really talk about it. Now it's like, because geek culture, the way it is, everyone's just way more honest about what they like. You know, oh my God, Ecto Cooler was so good. I think even the people who didn't like, or didn't talk about Ghostbusters, or like to talk about Ghostbusters, um, even though they might maybe wanted to, um... Yeah, so this is my favorite uh, high C um, from my past that I'm drinking now. And it's, it's look, is it my favorite? No. It's my, actually my second favorite, though. I usually a lot of the high C's I don't love. Um, I'm a big fruit punch guy. I don't love the high C fruit punch. It just doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. But the high C ecto cooler, it's like a citrus drink, as I say, but I think it's like a kiwi um, mixed with uh, mandarin orange. It's quite good. It is very good, but please don't let me... As a matter of fact, I, I'm, I might post a video of me testing it out and tasting it. Um, and if you can hear that, because uh, we're downstairs in the basement, D4K Studios, uh, where weird sounds are the forte. That is not me taking a piss right now. Oh, by the way... I, okay... The song Suzanne by Weezer. It's one of my favorite songs that Weezer does. And um, so let me read to you some of the lyrics. Okay? Suzanne, you're all that I wanted of a girl. You're all that I need in the world. I'm your child. Make me blush. Drive me wild. Suzanne, you're all that I wanted of a girl. So the I'm your child line makes me go, you fuck my, you're fucking your child at that point is technically what I feel like it's saying. Um, I don't know, that just popped in my head and I think it's very important that we create a conversation about this because we were talking about this last night at rehearsal, but Avatar, you know, they're technically fucking those animals they ride when they connect their, their, was it braid? into the animal's braid. It, it's, it's technically, because they use the same thing for sex, so it's just like, what? <sighs> I digress, though. 
So yeah, ecto-cooler is really good, which is kind of appropriate because it ecto-cooler in terms of slime or ooze because then it relates to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows or TMNT2 out of the shadows. So the general plot of the movie is this. Vern took credit at the turtle suggestion for defeating Shredder in the first movie. He's now become a worldwide star, well, a New York-based star, getting the key of the city, etc. while the turtles are keeping track of making sure the Shredder is going to jail and goes to jail successfully, but also, I would say, stays there, while at the same time hunting down a new threat, uh, Baxter Stockman, someone who might be working with the Shredder to take him down. Now, what's really interesting to me that in this film is the closest thing you'll ever get, I think, to a live-action Bebop and Rocksteady. Because it is a live-action Bebop and Rocksteady, but it's the closest thing you'll get to the cartoon, the 80s cartoon, you know. I, here's the thing. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't hate the movie. Matter of fact, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Shredder is kind of works with Krang, but he does his bidding for Krang, and it's kind of it's kind of frustrating. Um, and I'll get to that here in a little bit. But overall, it was a good movie. It was not the best movie. I will I will let me put it this way: I would not mind paying five dollars to watch that movie in the theater again with someone who hasn't seen it. Now, does that mean I want to necessarily? No, but I wouldn't mind it. It's not like Civil War. It's like, I would totally go see that movie again. Let's, matter of fact, let's go now. This is more like, you want to go see it? You don't have anyone? I'll, I'll go see it with you. Yeah, I mean, it's not horrible. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay maybe $12 for it. I would maybe pay $8, you know, a matinee showing for it. <clears throat> At least that's what matinee is here in Columbus area. So, but yeah, now, I will say, too, they cleaned up the look of Shredder. Not Sh uh, well, Shredder, yes. I always thought how Shredder looked in the first film. But again, that's because they did some massive rewrites and massive changes uh, to make longtime fans happy. I will say what's rather sad is that this is the movie, I think, that people really wanted the first go-around. And no one's coming out to see it, though. The movie did not do that well opening weekend. I do think that the audiences that do see it are enjoying it um, because, look, a lot of them loved Bebop and Rocksteady, Shredder and Krang. Uh, you know, I, I just... The movie, for despite what it is, has some great stuff in there. Like, I really love Kevin Eastman's cameo as the pizza delivery guy. I really love, too, that the Turtles are trying to get a... They're trying to feel their place in the world. And that's actually something that I always really loved. And I don't think that, that Eastman and Laird did well with in the comic books. Or it was just more of a, we're turtles, there's humans, we're, that's what we are. Um, and when you're growing up, there is a lot of, but we, we want to go topside. We want to do this, we want to do that. They didn't really go into that. So anytime that I think someone approaches the turtles storyline with that kind of bravado, um, I really enjoy it. I really uh, dig it. I think it's, uh, it's pretty great. Matter of fact, I will not lie. I feel that this time, uh, any moment that I felt kind of moved, and I will say there was one point I did get a little emotional. Uh, I, I, I almost teared up, is the truth of the matter. The first movie, 
um, you're watching your favorite characters, right? Even though you don't love how they look, you're not loving how they act, like, you know, Michelangelo is oversexed and especially hitting on April every second he can, that kind of thing. It's, this movie doesn't, I mean, Michelangelo is Michelangelo, okay? Donatello is Donatello, Raph is Raph, and Leo and Leo. Matter of fact, I'm so glad they didn't use Johnny Knoxville again for the voice of Leonardo. I, I was very pleased with that. I felt, I think the, the guy who played Leo in the first movie plays him again here, but he, is, he actually voices him, which is nice. Um, yeah, it's so weird. I don't know why they didn't do that in, in the first movie, but I, I digress. Uh, there's a, they really kind of tackle that. Raffin and, uh, and Mikey especially really want to go above ground. Michelangelo more than everybody. Because he's just kind of tired of hanging out in the shadows. They can't fight crime during the day. They can't really do anything during the day. And it sucks. And, and again, it's an interesting facet that they, I think that some people don't really go into with some of the turtles because they want to focus on the pizza eating, the comedy, and, and, and the fights. But I think as characters, it's always really a lot of fun when you, when you can touch on that stuff. Matter of fact, uh, U-Team and T uh, would and will, hopefully if it keeps going, will, will eventually touch on that that um, it's dangerous as hell up there for them, but they really enjoy it, and they would like to just walk freely amongst the streets and how they deal with that. And there's one moment in particular where uh, Michelangelo, Raph, lead a charge into a place, and they end up saving the cops. But the cops, not knowing what to expect, pull guns on them and start, like, it's rather cruel, just start screaming, you know, like, look at these freaks! You know, we should just shoot them. Just shoot them now. Kill, kill the monsters. Kill the freaks. And they're like, no, no, dude, we're on your side. Like, we really are trying to stop you. Casey and April even get in front of the way and like, no, 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 no. These are they're, they're the good guys. They're on our side. Guys, go away. And, I, and as, they're, as they run away, they're like, one way, freaks, or we'll, we'll kill you now. Like, it's very like an angry mob. And they have no understanding, no concept of the turtles. Like, they, it's like they save their lives, but they're giant monsters. And, and, Michelangelo being the heart of the heart of this version of the turtles really takes it hard like really takes it hard and it's it's and it's and it's a moment that's very deserved right unlike in the first movie and I think I was starting to say this and I got uh, sidetracked the first movie had all the characters that you knew were going to be in there but they weren't necessarily your characters I remember uh, I hated Splinter in the first movie I um, Tony Shalhoub didn't do a bad job voicing him. It's just, I didn't like the design of the rat. I didn't like the design of Splinter. I didn't like the story and, and how he taught the turtles. I didn't like any of that. Um, but the fight scene with the Shredder in there was brutal. He beats the shit out of Splinter. And I remember it's so brutal that I've never seen that fight in live action before that I... I, I teared up a bit because it was so heartbreakingly sad to see it, it's it's like watching your grandmother or grandfather get the shit kicked out of them, right? But you've only seen pictures of them you know, in old family photos, but now you're seeing it in live action. It's, it's one of those weird kind of things. Now, obviously, Splinter's not real. He's a fake character. I get that, but here's the thing. If, if you can make me connect on a level, then that's great. But the, here's the thing. This, th- that first movie emotion that I had was all based on nostalgia. The story didn't earn that. Matter of fact, after the scene ended, I actually got upset because I was like, I'm only sad because I know 
right? I, I can right now tell that I don't like that Splinter got the shit kicked out of him. The sadness that I feel is just because this character I liked is, is, may die, not because the movie earned that death or earned that fight. Now, obviously, he doesn't die, but you, you get the point. So in this movie, when Michelangelo returns home uh, and, and he is just kind of starts going in the corner, he's like, they, did you see what they looked at? They, they looked at us like we were... It, it really said something to me, and it really meant a lot. And... And I will say, too, the personality of all four of the brothers, of all four of the turtles, really was what hit, it, it hit the nail on the head. And I feel that some of the turtles' personalities were kind of there in the last movie. Um, this movie, though, I, I, really, I really enjoyed the hell of it. Um, all the performances are really good. And I did not like Michelangelo in the first movie. I really like him here. He is kind of the Michelangelo. He's a little bit more of an ADD version of Michelangelo because that's kind of the vibe I'm getting now that everyone kind of likes. They like Michelangelo, who is the party guy, but he's also um, very much like he just won't shut up, just like me right now. He just won't shut up. Um, and, and he kind of comes off like he has ADD. And you know what? That's fine. I think that the character can do that and I think that's interesting but as long as you give the character some kind of heart and I think Michelangelo uh, that one scene it was actually very quite moving like you know he like you could see it like it, it was a real performance I think it's Noel Fisher he did a really great job uh, and, and I and as a fan of the turtles I appreciate that I also really appreciated um, I don't know the actor who played him but Leonardo Leonardo did whoever he played him did a phenomenal job you know leo always has out of all the characters that have story arcs it's usually raf okay and after that then it's leo and after they in the first movie they kind of shoehorned in this like Raphael storyline at the very very end like it freaking matters then but uh leo though has this kind of arc where he's got to keep the team together but he doesn't He's not commu and, and of course the irony is he doesn't communicate it well and all this and that. And of course the brothers start infighting with each other like they like they are want to do being brothers, but also as a team. And again, the turtles themselves in this movie, I think they really hit the nail on the head, but it feels very uneven. And it's not in tone necessarily, because the tone is very much this is the 80s cartoon show. That's the tone of the movie. Okay, but I think they did some missteps on some of the way the characters were introduced or how things were handled. And the joke about the, the like the opening of the movie is really like this giant sequence. It's it's a quite cool sequence, but it it feels like it's a waste of money in some ways. Like it sets things up, but doesn't set things up, and it's quite funny. I mean, that's the sad thing. It's a quite a funny scene. But it's not how I would have started the movie off. I would have started the movie off with Casey Jones. Uh, and also, Casey Jones' character himself. So we're going to spoiler territory now, but oh, heavier spoiler territory, I should say. The movie opens up with the turtles on top of the Chrysler building, and they just start going from building to building to building, which is being afraid of heights. Kind of, it, I kind of maybe peed a little bit in fear. Um, again, beautiful sequences, though. It really shows the, the brothers kind of working together as a team. And they pick up a pizza uh, from Kevin, which I thought was really cool. 
Kevin Eastman, and then they go to Madison Square Gardens where they watch the Knicks play. And of course, you learn that Vern has taken credit for everything that happened in the first movie. Um, and, and he kind of had to because no one can know about the Turtles. Okay, good plot point. Very well. I understand that. But there is kind of a better way to, I guess, show that, I think, or I kind of feel like, uh, you know, and then it jumps, jump cuts to the Shredder. Like, everybody knows this guy is now, the Rukusaki is the Shredder. Well, they never call him a Rukusaki. They just call him the Shredder. The Shredder does this. The Shredder does that. It's like, okay, we get it, but... Uh, I, I yeah, anyway so that was a minor frustration but look if it's it's this is really geared towards families and little kids not I think of the hardcore turtle fans like myself who man I'm more hardcore in the sense that I like the team I like the comic books right but I can respect someone trying to do the 80s cartoon version I, I and I will appreciate it way more than what the actual first movie was uh anyway Casey is a corrections officer he has anger management issues and I think he's played by Steve Armell, who's Arrow. He does a wonderful job, by the way. And he is transporting Shredder, being a correction, correctional uh, institute officer, uh, was one of the people transporting three very dangerous criminals. Two of them are local thugs, Bebop and Rocksteady. And then the other one is, of course, Saki, the Shredder. And... It, the movie then goes into an action sequence. And the thing is, is that, and this is very true, every movie within the first 10 minutes has an action sequence. I feel like they're, they played with you a bit that the action sequence itself is... Um, the... Hmm, I'm trying to see here. So... The action sequence fools you into thinking that, oh yeah, the action sequence is then going to the next game. No, it's more of a, a cute, funny moment, but it's not, I don't know. The movie then kicks into, into a, a, a botched escape attempt, um, well, or uh, the turtles botching uh, on their end uh, an attempt to stop Shredder from escaping, and Shredder does escape with the help of Baxter Stockman and some Foot Clan members, who are now no longer carrying guns, they're carrying swords, which, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense why the big switch up. I digress. So, uh, Shredder, though, gets accidentally teleported to Krang, who then goes off doing all this stuff, and I, I guess I would have liked a little bit more of a mystery about what was going on and why it was happening, and the movie still unfolded and, again, was a lot of fun. The action sequences were really action-packed. They were well-handled. Some of the jokes, especially by Bebop and Rocksteady, were a little, um, a, little, a little more adult. But, again, the turtle personalities were great. Will Arnett was quite humorous. Megan Fox was Megan Fox. She wasn't horrible, but her character just felt like she was there, which was sad because April, I feel like, and that's the problem, April is one of those characters where... She kind of has less to do as the more becomes the story becomes more about the turtles, and uh, and I just felt like I would have opened up actually with the shredder escaping and having it be a mystery, and I wouldn't also introduce Casey Jones like that. I would have introduced maybe Casey Jones stopping Bebop and Rocksteady, and because they try to do this weird thing, he's like, "I'm going to be detective." Like it's very much a bad. B movie kind of dialogue, and Laura Linney is kind of the victim of that too, which makes me feel kind of fucking bad for her. Um, and, and 
it's that kind of little stuff. Like Casey, like he's just pure exposition of, well, Jones, this is is your fault this happened. Stern, stern cop dialogue. And then Casey Jones responds like, well, let me get another crack at him, coach. Let me get another crack at him. I I can do this. You know, I I gotta, I'm gonna go finish, get my uh, detective license uh, and be a police detective from the police academy. So you can't do this to me. And of course she and of course she does it to him. You know, she kicks him off or puts him on leave. And you're like, okay. He never it, it never starts off at Casey Casey Jones is kind of the accidental hero in this. And it and Steve again, Steve Armell does a really good job doing it. I think him and Megan Fox have great chemistry together. Uh, some of the scenes with him and the turtles were really good. I just really felt like it was it was not great in how it was handled i think the first action sequence should have really kind of been when the turtles meet casey jones and then you and mixed and or mixed with the shredder disappearing or maybe they find out the shredder disappeared and now they're kind of worried about april and they go see what happened and um you know now granted the sequence itself where they try to stop shredder escaping is quite good too it's just when you're looking at everything and how they were doing it you really just kind of wish they just did a few things differently because the movie feels a little uneven. There's the, I'm taking a piss again, guys, because you can hear that, maybe that liquid stuff in the background. I, I apologize. But, you know, it, it's, little, it's little things like that that just drive me up the wall. So um, overall, though, Team and T Out of the Shadows is, is actually a step in the right direction. It actually makes me interested to see what they could do with the third movie. I know. I actually am looking forward to the third movie, but does it mean I love this movie? No, I would actually give it maybe two two stars. Uh, no, 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 two and a half. I give it two and a half. If I had to give a letter grade, I'd probably give it a C plus. Uh, definitely, the first movie was definitely an F. Uh, but this one is 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 a C is a C plus. The personalities, the actors who play the turtles, actually every actor in this movie did a wonderful job. Um, even Krang was kind of interesting. Again, I feel like if you move some stuff around, it would have been even more interesting to see and know about Krang. But uh, I digress. It is what it is. And uh, Turtles 2, Out of the Shadows, is just okay. So, thanks everybody for listening. <sighs> My Ecto Cooler thanks you for listening. And uh, stay tuned next week when we have... The uh, normal May show of of, uh, Good, the Bad, and Kiki featuring Judge Jimmy. Thanks for listening. Get out of here without cheese! You're a creep! Go away! We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers! Go have some coffee with cream or something! Because I'll tell you something! This is a happy place!